everybody. Welcome to Curly Girlies Cracking the Kid Code with Atara and Grace. I am Atara, founder of the Curly Girl Movement, author of the Curly Girly book series, and owner of curlygirly.com, spelled with two E's at the end of curly and two E's at the end of girly. And I'm here with my amazing co-host and good friend, Grace Cross. Hi, Grace. Hi, Atara, and hi, everyone. I'm Grace Cross, the owner of The Baby Spot, the world's only global parenting magazine. And you can find me at thebabyspot.ca. Now, Atara, we have a very special guest today, someone who actually reminds me of you. She is the creator of, a chil- of children's characters and an author as well. Atara, who do we have? So, Grace, audience, today we're speaking with Angela Santamaro. Angela is an original co-creator, executive producer, and head writer for the breakthrough and award-winning children's show, Blue's Clues. Angela is also the creator of the smash hit, Daniel's Tiger's Neighborhood, and one of my personal favorites, Super Why. Malcolm Gladwell referred to Blue's Clues as one of TV's stickiest shows ever in his best-selling book, The Tipping Point. Angela recently added author to her credits as the writer of an inspiring book, Radical Kindness, the Life-Changing Power of Giving and Receiving, which explores the importance of kindness and how it changes your life. Welcome to the Curly Girly Podcast, Angela. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we are so excited to have you. And you know, um, I am really particularly happy to have you because, you know, I'm a children's author myself and the creator of a children's character and a brand. So it's so exciting to speak with you because I know that you are doing something uh, very similar, have done for many, many years, um, the creation of characters and of creating new ventures and of getting them out there and of getting people to really respond to them. So I want to go back to the beginning of how you got started in this world and, and then how you really took it off because it, you, uh, so much of what you've worked on has really taken off. So tell us um, how you got started. Oh, thank you. I um, I actually came through the back door, which is which is how I like to talk about it. I have a master's in child developmental psychology and instructional mm. technology and media from Teachers College, Columbia University. And so I kind of came into media to teach, to educate, and so studied um, everything about how kids learn from media and how they develop and learn in general. And so okay. the idea of creating character and doing peer modeling, not to get all geek out. <laughs> That's okay. We love yeah, that. Even if I can create a Daniel Tiger, mm. um, and of course that one is from Fred Rogers' legacy, but that yes. type of character that has such influence over preschoolers and over kids mm-hmm. in general, um, I could be educating hopefully millions of kids at a time. And I come from a family of teachers, and so the idea to be able to do this, putting the very best curriculum on television um, in a way that wants kids to have these characters at their birthday parties, you know, right, right. It really becomes something that could be a quote unquote educational hit was the passion and was the goal. And so the characters are created in that vein, right? So super Y characters that you talked about were all, oh, I love them. I love them too. They were, they were my master's thesis and they were, oh my gosh. <laughs> They were based on um, what the National Reading Panel deems critical for reading success, right? So each one of the characters is based on um, something that you need to ultimately teach fluency, right? So in terms of word recognition and, um, you know, so in all in a a superhero, save the day, propel the story forward with your interactivity approach to media. So that's always been something that, that I've done as well. And the secret sauce is research. So we're constantly, you know, it started with me and now we have a team of going into Mm -hmm. kids with the material every week, if not multiple times a week so that we're getting it right, basically. 
But uh-huh. how do you segue? That's like such an amazing um, story because, right, you start out as an educator. How do you segue from that into saying, okay, great, I am now creating a character and I'm going to get this on television because that's like a great leap that you did yeah. successfully. I, I love that question. I worked within media, right? So I worked at Nickelodeon um, yes. for their research department to start. And so I got a bird's eye view of how media uh-huh. worked businesses of media, what everyone's looking for, why. And then also because research was my heart and center, being able to do um, the type of marketing and business research that we were doing at Nickelodeon really gave me an insight on what parents were looking for. And Jerry Laybourne, who was the president at that time, was also an educator first. And so she believed in the power of research and research as a creative tool, not as something where you have to, you know, color by numbers, but it's all about how do you how do you basically answer the needs of your audience? At the end of the day, it's about who we're reaching. And you can right. have the best, most educational brand in the world. And if nobody's reading or watching, then you know, you're not going to teach anything. And so it's been about that process for me. Right. Because it's also, it's a business, right? Like everything else. And you have to target your audience and understand them and then market to them most importantly. Exactly. And being within the television industry the way that I was for so many years to really be at a bird's eye view, I knew how to answer their questions and knew what needed um, to happen, both from my own vision and point of view, what the needs were for kids, and then also what Nickelodeon would be looking for, which at the time was a game show for preschoolers. And so Blue's is literally the answer to that. It's a game show, quote unquote, with that interactivity for preschoolers. Yeah, tell us a little bit for any of our audience members who are not familiar. I can't believe there might be, but I'm sure they're <laughs> possible, right? <laughs> tell us a little about Blue's Clues because that's another really great one. Um, so Blue's Clues is about a um, live action character in 96. We premiered with Steve with his puppy Blue, who is an animated um, character. So we have this live action person in an animated world with um, his little sidekick, who's a puppy, and she leaves clues to what it is that she wants. And the clues lead us to um, thinking about the answer of the day. And throughout the day, we play games that propel the story forward and help our characters. And so the big Um, piece or integral piece to that is that the character Steve will lean through the camera basically and ask for the kids help and so now last year we introduced the brand new version so we went from Steve to a new host named Donovan we called him Joe Steve's brother Mm -hmm. and now to their cousin Josh Mm -hmm. after 20 years um, of the original production we were able to uh, come out with the new version which to me, to Tracy and I, who um, work so closely on it, it's about giving kids somebody mm-hmm. who looks like them on TV. So Josh is that new and improved, you know, right. <laughs> that really takes something up to that mm-hmm. like, why mm-hmm. this show? Why now? But that the idea that kids are interacting with the, with the TV was the media in this pseudo interactive way was the first time anyone had ever done that. And we have... Um, we have research that proves that kids who watched Blue's Clues scored better, statistically significantly better on standardized tests than kids who didn't. And so wow. we knew that it was working, right? So there are these key cognitive skills that we put in the show that felt like games, but in the end, the kids were learning. Oh my wow. gosh. And they start to get these problem solving skills, which I mean, help you all the way from preschool to, mm-hmm. and Atara mm-hmm. can agree to this, the LSAT, you know? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like getting these amazing skills mm-hmm. to go on through life. Now, um, also we have the smash hit Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, which I'm obsessed with mm-hmm. having uh, small children. Um, 
I mean, how brilliant was it to take Fred Rogers' uh, Toy Tiger that you saw in the original um, piece in the 1970s through the 90s, and now he is his own cartoon. So tell us how you developed this incredible character. So I was a huge Fred Rogers fan. So at four years old, I could not sit any closer to the TV. Oh, I was like number one fan and a little bit of a stalker because I happened <laughs> to do a paper in eighth grade about my mentor and I chose Fred Rogers. So I studied and he studied child development. Yes, he, he did. Yep. He, he, if you remember, like he talked to the camera, right? I talked back. At right. four. <laughs> so when Blue's Clues premiered, Blue's Clues was the, even though I wrote Super Y first, Blue's Clues premiered first. Um, yes. I used to talk about Fred being the inspiration. And so I got to meet him and we became friends. And um, he, oh. Uh, oh, it was amazing. I mean, I can't even, I, I'm geeking out right mm, now. I, I literally was like, it's I your four year old hero. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, and, and he, I looked at him and I said, I just want you to know the whole reason I went to television was because of you. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what's your name? Oh. <laughs> uh, so it's like bigger than meeting any like Hollywood superstar. Oh my God. You, right? I, was, I was a mess, but he invited me to set. And as you can oh imagine, my gosh. Wow. He, um, as the stories say, and he saw the child development in theory in Blue's Clues, right? So as much as I was talking in press about Fred being an inspiration, he then um, was talking to me about how hard it is to incorporate that level of child development in a show and try to make it a hit and, you know, something that people um, want to watch and that you can continue to get the support of the network. And so we became friends. And after he died, I, um, of course, was like everybody else, devastated. And his team said, um, what would you do to promote his legacy? Like he didn't like anything that was on TV for kids, but he liked what you did. Wow. And, yeah. wow. What a compliment, right? Right. I just, it was a mess. <laughs> Daniel Tiger was my favorite character and Fred's first puppet. And so it made sense that Daniel, as mm -hmm. cute as Daniel is, would be the star. And so the idea to put him in a little red sweater and put him in sneakers and the first seven seconds of Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, the song, is exactly the way Fred did it. So it is. that little nod. And then we go off and we're like, this is, you know, Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood and this is his show, right. the characters that Fred created and also his curriculum. We, you know, we're always basing everything we do on a curriculum. And so it made sense to base it on one of the very best, um, so the, if not the best social emotional curriculum in the world. Absolutely. And you could see it. I mean, as a huge Fred Rogers fan myself, you could see the parallels between your career and Fred's. Um, it's just outlined so beautifully, which makes so much sense that you're the writer of this inspiring book, Radical Kindness. Just like Daniel the Tiger promotes kindness every day, we see the life-changing power of giving and receiving. How did you come up with this concept and tell us about it? So I have about, I think there's about nine, there are nine shows that I've created at this point, And I talk about mm -hmm. the curriculum behind each one. And kindness has never been a curriculum that I've talked about, mm -hmm. but I researched it and it's at the cornerstone and the foundation of everything that I do. Um, and it just started to become really apparent that I needed to talk about it in a big way. And so to talk to adults um, about what we put in our shows and why, and also how we can utilize the research and the science behind kindness in our everyday it was just it was one of those um those books that just come pouring out of you you know i'm sure yes. you know sorry. yeah so it became like an organic kind of thing which you probably didn't even have to think that much about it was so natural to what exactly. you've been doing all this time is that right 
Exactly. Except talking to adults is also really fun. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's nice to be able to do both. And what's really nice about your shows, I think, is that um, you know, there is a, a bit of controversy around television, right? When do we let our child watch? Are they watching too much? Are they too young? When's a good starting age? So I think that the ability um, to make parents happy in what you're doing in television uh, and the children excited is really what's, I think, part of your, your success. Would you agree? Oh, definitely. I, um, teachers as well, right? I think that right. I like to, I like to corner the people who don't watch TV at all ever or media. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You know, say that, that we, they don't do that. They're too busy exactly. with other things. <laughs> you know, and it's very important, right? Because I really want to understand the why behind that. And then when they say, but we watch your shows, you know, <laughs> happy. but you know, the point is I went into media because I didn't like anything that was on TV for kids. And yes. I, I didn't, I just didn't. I grew up with Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers and then since then, I hadn't seen anything that I felt was worthy, you know, of the level of influence that it has on kids. And so, you know, I wanted to kind of jump in there. And so I, I agree, you know, there's, I believe it's all about the content, right? So right. anything else, it's about making sure that the content that we're feeding our kids' brains is just like what we feed our kids' bodies. And so my job and the job of our team feels such a responsibility to make sure that what we put on in a brand on media, in media is better. The time they're spending is better than anything else they could be doing. So in a half an hour, let's say we have them, 22 minutes um, at a time, it has to be better than them playing outside. It has to be better. (laughs) And that sounds crazy. That's a tall order, right? It's a tall order. And you should be doing all of those things, right? So whenever I talk about it, I talk about the balance. Right inspiring kids all about that absolutely you and do whatever we do on in media should actually ask them to go out and find a book to read you know a la superwire an arts and crafts project to do a la creative galaxy so we're constantly doing that but the content better be there it better be good right we're spending a lot of money per episode too and so it better be worth um worth that Right. And I I think also it can't be discounted. You know, we as adults, we wind our day down. And many of us, let's just be real, do wind it down with television. So I think the idea of like never letting your child on TV is problematic because there are times where they need to zone out too. And that zone out, if that can also provide something educational to them, which is what you're doing, you know, then they're, they're relaxing without the zombie zone out. And I think that's really important. And that's something that, that you're very successful at. So I really want to ask this because, you know, when you started, you know, m- many years ago in this, in this business, there were just, you know, three, four, five really big networks that you had to compete with. But now you're literally competing everywhere, Netflix, right. Hulu. So the transition of that, how do you get yourself and your show noticed in, in this world of, of so much TV and content competition? Yeah, I think that's, a, that's also a really great question. I think that at the heart of it, it's about the audience and it's about the kids and the secret sauce that we have by doing formative research on every episode really showcases the fact that kids want to watch our shows and want to um, be friends with our characters. And I think the zone out, what's really interesting about talking about the zone out is I think the key differentiation in what we do in our shows is that the kids are actively 
um, participating in some way, whether they're pointing at a clue or they're talking about it, screaming about an answer, they're, they're inspired to sing a strategy song from Daniel Tiger. And so you can see that their brain is working. And I think the truth is they're never really zoning out. And so the idea that, that about around the interactivity part of it was so parents could really see that thinking that happens. And yeah, we all want to be told stories. And especially at the end of the day, it's so nice to sit and right. listen to a story, but such a difference between, especially right now, what we're talking about, what we decide to put on at the end of the day can actually, as adults, yes. get us a little bit more anxious that we can't even sleep right. or it's going to kind of feed into the stories in our brain about why, you know, about whatever, a happy ending or something. Right, right. <laughs> what we should be doing differently. So, you know, I think that we take the cues from adults, but in terms of differentiating us with all the other networks, I feel confident that when you have that vision and that point of view about your audience, it speaks really highly. Like it's, it just separates you from everything else. And that has been the case for us in terms of working with each and every one of the networks, even though now there's so much more competition than when Blue's Clues started, right? Right. Where we right. <clears throat> and some people we see, they've adopted your mannerisms of, of speaking to the camera as well with the children in different shows. Um, but you have this recipe um, that no one else has, and it comes with the research and um, showing children how to truly be kind through each mm -hmm. of your works. Kindness is so important. Now, your work hasn't gone unnoticed, Angela. You've gotten quite a few Emmy nominations, and I think you've won your first Emmy. Is that correct? Yes, for my good. <laughs> <laughs> that was quite a moment. You have to tell us. Yeah, that. tell us about that, because I know you were nominated so many times and I, I actually love that you know like that's such a great and happy ending I mean it's not an ending right it's a new beginning but it's just so nice to really be somebody who's nominated nominated and then when you finally win like what does that feel like it's, it, it, it's amazing for the team too, right? Because you right. Just feel like you're leading this team. To doing, you're doing wonderful work. And it's okay that we're not winning. It's that's right. not what it's about. And at the end of the day, you're like, oh my God, but it feels so good. <laughs> so, did you think this was your year? Like where you're like, all right, 2019, we're doing it. Well, you know, every year that the, you know, the documentary came out about yes. the movie was coming out. So every year we're like, you know, it's really bubbling up. I think this is the year, you know? And then every year you're like, it's okay. We're doing really great work. Let me read you a letter from a parent. And <laughs> right, right. Really and so, yeah, I would, <laughs> I think that it all kind of came to a head, which was, which was so exciting. But, you know, I always joke about wanting to put a, um, what are those called? Like a highlighter, like a glow in the dark <laughs> marker on people because so many people started on Blue's Clues that have now gone on to create those amazing shows oh, that have wow. all gone on stage to accept those Emmys. And I'm like, look at what we've done. We feel good about that. That's a <laughs> there, but you know, you said something very interesting that I, you know, as um, an author and a child character creator can really relate to, you know, there are days, let's face it, and anytime you're starting a new venture, or a new brand, where you kind of feel like, oh, I can't keep doing this. Is anyone even listening? Right? And then you get an email and a letter from a mom who says, like, this has changed my child's life. Um, and that it's, it's everything you, that keeps you moving forward. So is there anything I wonder that sticks out in your mind like that, where you got some sort of email that you remember saying, ah, this makes it all worth it. Yeah. You know, one day, um, we had put on, 
on Blue's Clues to send a letter to Stephen Blue if you, you know, oh. talk to Stephen Blue. And so it was one of those things growing up with Zoom where we all sent letters. Um, that's a little local, but still we all sent letters. And so we're like, let's see, let's see what would happen. And now this right. is like, you know, 20 something years ago, right? Before right. you get such instant gratification from social media or get some of this feedback. And so we got so, like, it was one of those, like, uh, in the end of it's, a, it's, no, wait, what's the movie? Miracle on 34th Street, where all the letters are coming <laughs> in and coming in and coming in. So all of us stayed late multiple nights over a few weeks to answer every single letter because that's what we needed to do, right? If you're going to get all these letters. But anyway, we're sitting there late one night. We're all answering these letters and we get a phone call. And this mom is stuttering through this message. And she said, I had to write this down because I needed you to hear this. My son um, is autistic and has never said a word in his oh. whole life. Um, he's seven, and his first word um, was to Stephen Blue. And we wow. all just like, burst into tears. We're like, this wow. is we do what we do, you know? And so those kinds of stories, as you know, yeah. when you create a character and it, reaches, um, and it reaches people, it's just the reason why you do what we do. It really, really is. So um, tell us, I want to just discuss, because now I feel like you're an authority on children with all the research that you're doing. What is your thoughts on screen time? And, you know, there's too much screen time, right? It's just a reality. There's a wonderful side to it. We know that technology is great. But what's, what's for you the hardest? And as a mom, like, I mean, I know your kids are somewhat older, but what's like the struggle for you with screen time and the accessibility of it right now? You know, it's about, um, when I think about child development, I think about it in age ranges, right? So if we start with two to five, or we start with two to four, or five to seven, like, and just literally thinking about it as um, a border or some sort of fencing that we put around our kids to protect them. I think the hardest thing for me is to know how hard it is to continue to protect them. And as they get older, right, we're like, you can play outside. Like, let's, we have that, like, fence around our backyard, whatever it is. Like, you can play in this area, then you can go to this area. Right. Just, Ah. bigger and bigger and bigger right and so we send them off to college and we're like New York City is your oyster like whatever <laughs> um, you know you hope that you've gotten all the way to that point but I think what's hard for me now with the not it's not how much content and how much screen time it's how easily it's accessible right, right? and so what are they able to find how is it how are we handling their att attention span right is it a shorter attention span because the clips are so much shorter how right. much is like the access to um, sugary snacks in media versus the healthy green smoothie of media you know right, what I mean? right. So, such so, a good description. I love that. That's so well said. <laughs> and so I just think that we just need to make sure that they have a balanced diet, as especially as they, um, and media literacy is so important as they get older. So the more we do is that, that they're younger to try to give them what our yes list is of like, this is, these are your shows and this is what you, this is your, you know, whatever it is that you think is okay for your family. Right. And they're able to do that. And, and you do it with the food in your house, right? Like your cupboards are filled with the stuff that you're like, you can eat this. You go to right. a birthday party, you're eating something else, but that's because you're out, you know, right. at a birthday party, it's this thing, whatever. But, you know, and I think that's the hardest thing is that we have all of those great intentions and we might know of, you know, the good shows or the things that we want our kids to watch, but how much um, are they, are they actually able to access themselves? Right. And so I think that's the, the piece of it now that I don't, I don't have necessarily preschools, preschoolers in the house, but I talk about preschool content all the time. And I do think we have to be wary about the YouTube content and the content that kids seem to gravitate to and find out why, right? And offer them something 
else similar, um, or at least offer less of it in order to um, bring something else in that we know will inspire them to view and do. And maybe also um, the dialogue that you have with your very, very young child is so important because I think that they really, um, number one, want to please us. And that doesn't, that lasts forever, but it's something that really you, you have a lot of control over when they're little. So that if you're talking with them constantly about what's appropriate, what's not, some of it will seep in, not all of it, right? But enough of it so that when they are making those choices, hopefully they're at least somewhat better equipped to make better choices. And exactly. And giving them the why, right? In a very simple way. When you watch this, I, you know, and so that they know what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. And also what I talk a lot about is the meltdowns. If we ever remember any school meltdowns, it was so hard in that moment. Yes. Right. And maybe in like 10 other moments past that about that same issue, but then it got easier. Right. And then all of a sudden there was this like, okay, that's the line. And I'm, it's easier for kids when they know the line and they know what they can cross. It's harder when we're a little bit more leany, wishy-washy about a certain line. And so in the short term, it's harder. And in the long term, you see those results. And sometimes as the, we always say the days are so long, but the years are short. short. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) So it's so hard to do, but it does, it, you know, it really does. It does pay off. Now, do you see yourself venturing at all into the adult um, television world? You know, I love it. Um, I I watch a ton of TV. To <laughs> zone out, right? Research for research. <laughs> but, um, you know, I have opinions and points of view. And as a company, Nine Story Media, I'm the chief creative officer of Nine Story Media. And so yes. we have a slate that goes from preschool all the way up through family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, there's a point of view, right, about, about what you put about what potentially our stamp could be on that kind of content. You know, when I look at something like The Good Place, I'm like, oh my gosh, I would want to work with those people, you know, right. at any moment that they're able to put philosophy conversations at a sitcom and lead with comedy. I love it. Right. We do too. So it's no secret why Hollywood reporters Tim Goodman called you the queen of preschool TV, which is so sweet. I love that. But my gosh, we could see you doing both, like just bringing um, more digestible adult content. And of course, um, the children's content is just out of this world. It's fantastic. It's just a cut above the rest to say the least. Um, What you're doing is just incredible. So parallel to Fred Rogers, but you're taking it that step further for a new generation of children and adults because Atara, as you know, we both sometimes sit and watch television with our kids and we're like, what a beautiful message the show has. Well, I think the idea, right, of being able to watch um, digestible content with your children that you're able to sit through is, is really, <laughs> yes. is, really so, is really so so key. So yeah. So what do you, what's next for you? Do you see yourself um, writing more books? Um, is that something you want to incorporate more of? I mean, I, I know, again, how, firsthand how difficult that process is. Um, but what are your thoughts on that? You know, I just, I, wherever the need is, I, I'd love to go. And so I, the, love, I, I love that. <laughs> you know, the questions that, that parents are asking, the 
questions that people are asking, you know, as part of this bigger, amazing company with Nine Story, there's so many opportunities and places that we can go. And right now it's been about building and supporting the team that we have, this, um, these amazing creatives who are um, animating or writing or producing or doing all of it, you know, yes. really being able to support all of them to to be the next level of creators, right? And to also get their stories out there um, and their vision and point of view. So, you know, I just I just am open um, and really loving uh, all the work that I'm doing. That's wonderful. Well, I think that you are really inspiring in so many ways. Um, I wanna talk one moment about the life-work balance because I, I don't know if there's even such a thing, right? <laughs> um, but let's just talk about, I mean, bringing up children in the New York area, having this very high power career that takes a lot of your time and mothering, which I'm sure you put your heart and soul into as well. So um, what was the biggest struggle, would you say, with that? You know, um, thank you for asking. It is so hard, as you know. Right? You know yes. Every day. <laughs> and I don't know if you could say there's a balance, but thank God we love what we do, right? And I think yes. important. Um, you know, I just to be honest, kept putting off having kids into the point where Greg and I met when we were 19. And um, he he said, what if I stayed home? And so he started his own company from home, oh, wow. which allowed wow. me to have that flexibility. And so not everyone has that opportunity. And I know that. So I'm so grateful for the support um, from from Greg and, you know, being Italian American, sometimes I'm like, Oh really? That's so lovely that you would do that. <laughs> it's amazing. So, I probably shouldn't have said, but anyway, I that's think. That's okay. <laughs> no, it's a reality, right? That's, it's, that's it's amazing to be able to find a, a partner who will do that for you lovingly and where the balance in the marriage stays, right? And it's right, but that flexi but didn't the flexibility though is what helped me, right? So there were days where like I needed there are things I needed to do as a mom, right? And so because of what I can do or where I was, I guess in the career, the ability to say I have this flexibility, I need to be at this recital, I need to be right. Yes, I can also I have the flexibility of writing after the kids are asleep. Like you right. know, you find those ways around it because as we said, the days are long, but the years are so short so, so yeah. short you know, as much as I could do to be around them or to limit the travel to Canada in one day you know so right. I've done that you know that craziness of wherever you go you come back and turn around so like those kinds of things and and also you know on both sides making sacrifices right there's been things that I've missed um both from a work perspective and from a mom perspective and you know those are just those are just the hard realities Right. Yes, that every parent faces, unfortunately, every parent, working mm -hmm. parent. Oh, what an incredible mm -hmm. person, Angela. Yeah. What a joy. No, it's, it's really been so great talking to you. Um, we're learning from you and your TV shows all the time. I can say that on behalf of me and my audience. Um, and I really am so happy to have had this opportunity to speak with you because oh. you're really, you're inspiring on so many levels. And I feel like there's just a lot more to come for you um, because you're just an innovative, creative person, I think, right? Well, so we'll, thank see, you we'll both. see what's next, right? We're going to keep it up for thank you. you. <laughs> and thank you for sharing, always sharing your stories and doing this work that you do. I mean, thank you. You know, the support and also what you do for kids and families is really impressive. So thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Have a great day. Bye for now. Bye, Bye for now. Bye.